This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 128 of the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you with the generous support of Equestrian Collections. Chris Stafford welcoming you to another episode of the Dressage Radio Show where, as you know, we run the series of great partnerships on this show and you often write in and ask to hear about particular horses and riders over the years who uh, have been favourites of yours. And it will probably come as no surprise that I had a lot of requests for this one. So we're going to be joined in just a moment uh, by Debbie McDonald, who's going to tell us about that wonderfully unique partnership that she had with the Mayor Brentina. But before we hear from Debbie, I want to remind you about our valued sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show, and that is Equestrian Collections, because it's definitely that time of the year for your horse's blanket to be pulled out again. Perhaps it's time for a brand new one. Well, Equestrian Connections has an extensive range of blankets for all weather conditions, from the popular horseware choices of Amigo, Rhino and Rambo models for turning out. When it gets colder, your horse will be ready with a brand new blanket from Equestrian Collections. And if you use the coupon code HRN at the checkout, you'll get another $10 off your next order of $100 or more. That's at equestriancollections.com. Equestrian Collections is a participating retailer of the Horse World Gives Back campaign. Well, joining me now is a regular on the Dressage Radio Show we haven't heard from for a little while, Debbie McDonald. Debbie, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. How are you? I am great. Thank you very much. In good form. Getting a little bit cold in your part of the world. You soon go west, though, to get away from that cold, though, don't you, to get to California? Yeah, we're going to go... Um we're going to go definitely probably right after Thanksgiving. Sounds like a plan. Some nice warm weather. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Do you hopefully, ha- hopefully. Do you have snow there already, Deb, in, in, up in the mountains? Um, up in the mountains, they did get a little bit about a week ago, um, and it has stayed there. And we don't have any on the ground here, though, at, at the farm and the house. So we're not quite there yet, but it's definitely very close. Getting close. All right. Well, today, you know, we've talked about a lot of things on the show, but the one thing we haven't done yet, and we've had by popular request as part of our great partnership series, um, you know, people want to hear about the mayor, Brentina, or Mama, as you call her, because she obviously made her mark as one of the greatest Grand Prix dressage horses in this country, didn't she? Well, she did. She's definitely a very special lady and and, uh, very dear to my heart, for sure. So this is going to be a walk down memory lane. Let, let's start where it all began, Debbie, and, and how did you meet her? Um, we had gone to the Fairton auction like we had, you know, quite a few years in the past before that. And um, we always were looking for nice young horses. And she came in the ring and she was just even at three, you know, one of those horses that had just great presence and beautiful cadence and so we continued to watch her through the week and and she was just rock steady even when the environment changed she was definitely um you know one of those horses that 
didn't come in the ring, put on the brakes, rear up, spin around, run out the gate. Um, and, you know, that was that's always been one of the things that we love the most about flying the horses is watching for that attitude. So um, she was, like, number one in the auction, which went in our favor because, um, from what I understand, Christine Stokelberg was interested in her, and um, there was a traffic jam on the Autobahn, and she did not make it. So she went for a bargain price, and... Um, she was definitely a lady's horse. I mean, she wasn't that big. That time, she was just barely 16 hands. And so she was a perfect size to start with, and Bob had a great sense of uh, feeling on her that she had something special. So we bought that one and another one at the same auction. Um, another, He was a four-year-old, though. She was three. And with the thought, we would take them both home and... Um, see which one would work out best for Mrs. Thomas, Peggy, and um, and then the, the other one would be for me. Well, so that was how that happened. Now, now explain to everyone about your uh, friendship, your relationship with the Thomases, how that came about, and, and when you went to Verdon, were they with you looking for a horse, or was it just Bob, your husband? No, Perry um, was always very involved in that. He, in fact, he couldn't wait for the next one every year. He <laughs> um, he got very addicted, and um, and became very. We we all became very close with several people in the auction, and uh, some riders we've kept very close with that that went on and and started their own businesses when they were riders there. So we had a long, long partnership with the the auction. And um, and it really was a you know a special time of year when we would go. Started off that we would go in uh, the elite auction every spring and every fall, and then as Brentina's um, got a little more successful and our routine would send us over to Europe or whatever, we very seldom did the spring auction anymore because we were usually away showing somewhere. So it ended up being the fall auctions that we would go to. But she was bought it at the, I believe, the spring auction. So you brought her home to where? Where did she begin her life in the U.S.? In Sun Valley, Idaho. Sun Valley, yep. Idaho. Yeah. And she, um, you know, I started with her and Mrs. Thomas started with his horse, Guinness, who is also still alive and taking her on trail rides at, her age of 86 (laughs) and um and just uh you know one day she wanted to sit on Brentina and we knew that she was a little bit girthy so she was always a little bit difficult to get on and we you know I tried to warn her and we held her and prepared her and (laughs) and then um she no more got her legs swung over and the mare just took one big leap forward, buck spun, and she was on the crown, and she goes, well, I guess she's yours. <laughs> <laughs> that would so, do it. Um, that, yeah, that. so that would do it. So <laughs> that was the, the end of that partnership for them and a, and a great beginning for us. So it was, you know, it was one of those situations that we never had um, when we bought her. There were never... Um, any ideas of Olympic Games. I mean, our at that point, 
what we were doing with a lot of the dressage horses were um, buying a few, selling a few, um, and keeping, you know, well, I had had Beau Rivage and a couple others that I had ridden up to the levels and um, took them as far as I could. And then Terry started to get a little bit of taste of these national championships and thought that was pretty cool to go back to Gladstone. So one thing would always lead to another goal that we never had planned. <laughs> and then um, her biggest outing was the Pan American Games in 99. And, um, and that's, you know, that's when I think I realized that, wow, I think, you know, when she went there and was so consistent and so rock steady, um, and the team again won the gold and I won the gold individual, then I realized that, wow, I think, you know, we, I really have something that is incredibly special because she hadn't been really tested. I'd taken her to Europe and trained with Klaus when I would take the other horses and, you know, word perfect on a and Beau Rivage and she would come tag along, but she was still young enough that Klaus would watch her and say, she's going to be special, you know, but we didn't do a ton of work with her at that point. She was five and six years old and, you know, so he would just watch her, but not have a lot of influence in the training aspect yet. But, um, by the time she was reaching the precinct George I won, he was definitely more involved in the training. And, um, and then, you know, before I knew it, everybody was saying, well, gosh, you guys should try for the 2000 Sydney Olympics. And we went, no, wait, hold on. You know, <laughs> she, she's nine years old. And I think, you know, we, she needs a little more time than that. And so even though she had, well started the Grand Prix, um, we felt it was in her best interest to not push that and hope for another chance later. And, you know, whenever you do that, you know, you, you always know that things can happen and that might not be a possibility that could come again. But we still felt it was the best decision for, for her. And that was always something that the Thomases were very, very, very adamant about what, when Bob and I made a decision about what was best for the horse, they never would question that. And that's why I think our relationship has been so, you know, longstanding and still stands uh, 37 years for me, and it's been over 42 for Bob. So Perry's 90 now, and, and Peggy's 86, and, you know, we're we're still just as much trying to hang on to this as long as possible. <laughs> that is wonderful. Well, let's just remind everybody, you know, she was foaled in 91, so she'll be 20 now, won't she? Yes. And she'll be 20. And her and she is by Brentano II, isn't she, out of... Uh, she is. Lisa? Uh, Lisa Lott. Lisa, Lisa Lott, yeah. Who's by Lungau. Uh-huh. And, and now, how big did she grow to? Because, I mean, I've met her a few times up. Now, she, she always looked quite big. And just tell us how big she, she finished up and, and also how tall you are because we know it was, an, you know it was a great fit, but you weren't yeah. as tall, tall as she was, were you? No, not quite. <laughs> um, she, she is, she's a little bit over 16, too. But she, as you, everybody knows, she's quite a full-figured woman. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm five foot. Four-figured yeah. woman. That that's a very nice way of describing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Now, now, how did she get her nickname? You always called her Mama, haven't you? How did she get that? You know, I can't even honestly remember. I think it started when um, we were once at Gladstone and there was a like a dog that would come by and stand at her stall. And she normally, she's not like, um, if you walk up to her stall, she pins her ears and she gets all snarly. And she just, you know, has this terrible look on her face, like she's just mean. And um, we later came to find out that that was, she inherited that from her mother, obviously. The breeders came to visit us once in Germany. And I apologized. I thought, oh, my God, they're going to think that I, I beat her. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> and um, and they just started laughing. And they said, no, 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 that is her mother. And we found out that her mother was never rideable. They never could break her. Wow. And why they would breed her, I have no idea. But they bred her, and she had two foals. And one was Brentina, and the other one was Barkley, who was also an Olympic course and went to the um, Olympics in Athens. So um, they were together in the Olympics um, in Athens, which was kind of a, a pretty cool thing for the breeders. But then the mayor did die after that, um, I think, giving birth. So um, there were only two that were foaled, and they were two very special horses. So um, it was very neat. But going back to why we named her Mama... Um, there was this one particular dog that would go by her stall and I would, you know, I said to the owner, I said, you know, be a little careful because she might just bite it, you know, and all of a sudden she just started licking it like crazy licking it. And then one time we, Klaus Balkenhall in his courtyard had this huge rocking horse for his, um, niece and nephew when they were little kids. And, um, and they ha- it had a real mane and a real tail. It was the cutest little rocking horse you'd ever seen. And when Reuben would hand walk her in the courtyard, she'd drag him over there and she would play with the tail and flip it up with her nose and, you know, kind of. And I thought, God, maybe she would love to be a mama. And I think that kind of was the start of that mama thing. <laughs> because, um, you know, and then everybody said she is a big mama and she really was a big mama. <laughs> That's exactly what she was, you know, as you say. She yeah. was very round and she looked maternal, yeah. didn't she? Yeah. Well, let's remind the, everybody. The fact that she had that, that kind of grumpy face, if you would open the stall door mm-hmm. and you'd step in, she was always been very sweet and loving, you know, like we all we have this relationship where we give each other back rubs and it's quite cute you know and she's she's not as grumpy as she really looks if you just open the door and go in with her she hates you to touch her from outside (laughs) she's a woman who knows what she wants she does she really does know well, let's just remind everyone, you when you mentioned the Pan American Games in 1999, of course you came back with not just a team gold medal, but also an individual gold medal. So that was, a, the, I mean, the dream start to your career with her. And then she went on to even greater things. Let's just go through her highlights, because you did the uh, World Equestrian Games in Jerez, didn't you, in 2002? Picked up more medals? Yeah. Yes, we did. I think it was the first time a team, uh, the U.S. team had ever gotten a silver medal. Um, and so that was, that was a very, very exciting time. And 
we finished fourth individually. Um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of talk and press at that time. Of course, you know, it seems like a lot of times in those countries, the their their rider seems to rise to the occasions and medal. And it, I think in that situation, I would have to agree she was she should have probably gotten a bronze medal there. Um, but it didn't matter because it was it was way more than we had ever expected. Um, it was such a great fun team, and it was just fun to 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 be a part of something like that. So that was a that was really quite quite exciting. And if my and memory serves me right, beautifully done. If my memory serves me right, there were Sue Blinks on that team, Gunter and Lisa, right? Yes. On that yes, one? Yes, it was. Back in, in Spain. Gosh, 2002. So, so then you began your um, ascent onto, into the, in the World Cup, didn't you, to become champion uh, yes. the following year? Yeah. Yeah. Tell, um, tell us about that trip, because that, you weren't going to do that here at home. You wanted to do that overseas, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, well... My first experience when I had got gone to Sweden was not the most memorable. I mean, it uh, it, it was very memorable because it was not very successful. <laughs> I had gone with Beau Rivage, um in '98, and um, and we it was just you know I was not I was not ready. I was not prepared, um, and so the outcome was not. Not great. I might. I went in with the goal of not finishing last, <laughs> and um, the first day I was last. And then I think on the the finish of the final day, I was like, I'm going to say tenth. Um, and so I did at least <laughs> make it to the. You know, I didn't finish last, but it was not a fun time. And then that was the start of me being the housewife from Idaho and in the press. And, and, you know, that was kind of, you know, disheartening and took the little wind out of my sail. But then, you know, I moved right out of that and into focusing on what I had coming up. And, um, but I really did want to go back there and make a better situation out of that. And, um, the whole sad part about that was that we never really did get the limelight from that World Cup because that was when Ula had tested positive. The horse had tested positive. Ula sounds good. So, but, yes. Yeah. So we actually, you know, finished second. So then it was given to us the title. Um, but so we never really did have our line, our time in the limelight there, even though when we did this award thing where all of us came in, the top three riders came in and we did this little pattern routine. We kind of made up in a quick hurry. Um, everybody afterwards came out and said that it, it was pretty obvious to them that she had deserved to win anyway. But, um, you know, you still would have loved to have had that moment. And, um, and you know, but that still didn't take what away what she was at that time, which was, in everybody's mind, the best horse there that day. Yeah, and will always be in the record books um, as the first U.S. Com- uh, horse to do so, for usually for first uh, competitor from from here to win the World Cup final. So, 
you know, at least you're in the record books now. And on you went then, building up on your career with her. Um, you had a little bit of a setback, though, didn't you, with a, with, with a bit of, uh, you know, she had one or two things, didn't yeah. she, like any horse? Yeah. Um, yeah, she, so. she had gone, we had gone over to do uh, the World Cup in Germany and um, had gone to do a schooling show at um, Dortmund. And they had just put in a new arena for which the the old arena was amazing, and they put in the new arena, and little did they tell us that the weekend before that they had held motocross, and so there was probably about three feet of red clay under what looked to be amazing footing, and um, we all rode on it, uh, and not very long, mind you, and they... Everybody in that, everybody there said that they were going to withdraw. So they they delayed the show by one day, and they took, um, they were supposedly going to take all of it out. But as it turned out, they really didn't. And it was one of those situations where you got to listen to your gut. And I learned a very hard way because... Um, Everybody, you know, kept saying, you know, it's going to be fine. You know, we'll put you first after the drag. We really want you here, blah, blah, blah. We'll, you know, make sure we pack it down. Well, I went ahead and went under my own, you know, knowing in my heart I shouldn't. And um, she she won, and she was like one of the first horses to win that particular show in, in Germany, an American there, too. Um but the day after, when we got back to Klaus's, she had an enormous hind leg. And we found out that she had a small tear in her superficial back tendon. And um, the, the sad thing was, was that I obviously had flown her all the way over there to do the World Cup and couldn't. And But I did stay. We stayed because it, she couldn't really fly home immediately anyway. And, um, and I wanted to be there and, and root on my fellow teammates. But, um, so when I got back to the States, we had the vets recheck that and they basically said, we don't think you're going to make it to Athens. And that was probably the most devastating word I'd ever heard because, you know, like we had said, you always hope to have another chance. She'd done so well, and it was kind of like the perfect, perfect storm building that she could do and, you know, ramp up to being a metal contender. So, um, you know, they said, but uh, we say that, but this mare also, with what she has, isn't trotting lane. And that was the one thing she is just like the most stoic course in the entire world. So literally when I say we walked to the Olympic games, we pretty much walked to the Olympic games. We had to do a competition to prove that the mayor was sound and going, which we did do that. And then after that competition, again, we backed way off on the load and it was healing. And it was, I would say it was 90 I don't know, 95% healed. Um, and, you know, they said, you know, my, our biggest thing was we weren't going to go if we thought it would be career ending. 
And they said, everybody in agreement said that it would not be career-ending, that she would definitely show symptoms way before it would be that. And so, actually, we had, you know, the chance to put in the um, other horse, and we started a work backload um, a couple of weeks prior to the games, and ramped it up, and she just kept getting better and better, and thank God she is who she is, because she knew her job. I didn't need to work on movements. I worked on fitness, and that's exactly what I did. I just got her fit, and um, and she was amazing. Um, like, you know, she again, we finished fourth as an individual, and the team got a bronze medal at the Olympic Games. So it was, you know, it was one of those things that you sometimes have these horses that are athletes that, just like us, will go with maybe something not being 100%, but you couldn't, you couldn't even flex her and get a bad step out of her. It really, I mean, she really is truly like no horse I've ever had. And so, of course, after that, you know, we made sure that everything was 100%. And it was amazing that after that competition, you could hardly find it. So it was one of those things that maybe the work actually helped the healing process at that point. It, it had, You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how the logistics of that worked, but when they when they did the ultrasounding and everything after the competition, they said, oh my gosh, you can't even hardly find it. So it was, it was just a fast healer, great vets, um, an amazing team that, that, and, and people believing in, in us that made that happen. And as you said, you got the team bronze there in Athens and then went on to, uh, to uh, get the two years later uh, to Aachen to get the team bronze again. But then something else reared its head, didn't it? And you had to withdraw then, I remember being there. and I did withdraw that. And that was definitely, uh, that, was, that was something that was not related at all to what she'd had before. And... Um, I don't think that that was ever conclusive because we did, I did get through the test and I, in the warm up didn't feel a thing. And I personally didn't feel anything in the ring, but obviously there was some, there was some buddy, uh, some people that saw something in the extended trot. And I, as a rider, I couldn't feel it. It wasn't like a, you know, a big hitch or anything like that. But, after that, we did take her out back, and she was not 100%, so we did withdraw. And that was that was heartbreaking, too. But, um, of course, then you're just wondering what it is, and, and it ended up being nothing more than a strain. And I think that, that layup wasn't that long for her there. That, thank God, was not related to the first injury at all. That injury never did ever bother her again. Now, through, so, um, through all of ahead. this, de- well, I'm just thinking you mentioned Ruben. Through all of her career, she's had Ruben by her side, hasn't she? Tell us how you found your groom, Ruben, because he's just been her best friend too, hasn't he? 
Well, yeah, absolutely. He would die for that mayor. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he worked for a local person here in Idaho and was basically, um, you know, a one-man show that, that would clean 10 or 15 stalls, do snowplow, do landscaping. I mean, he had to do it all, and, and he was trying to start a young family, and he was looking for something more. And um, we brought him in, and, you know, we, we were kind of looking for somebody that would and could be able to go on the road. And knowing that he had a couple of small children, we wanted to make sure that would be something that his wife and everybody was okay with. And um, his wife, Maria, is an amazing woman. And they he absolutely said, we, we want to come. We want to do this. And... He has been, I think, and still is world renowned. I mean, everybody knows Ruben. Every every place <laughs> I go, they still say, "How's Ruben? How's he doing?" And and um, and I'm hoping that um, if Adrian continues to do well, he will go with her as well. So um, he's still with us, but he is, um, you know, Mama is his woman. And uh, she loves her man. So it's a pretty special relationship that they have. And um, he, you know, she gets treated just today like she did when she was in full competition. Um, She gets groomed on and, you know, the whole bit. I ride her every day when I'm not laid up myself or when I'm home. And then she goes out in the pasture all day and, and then is walking the fence at four o'clock to come back to her stall. (laughs) (laughs) So she, um, she tells you when it's time to go out and she tells you when it's time to come in. (laughs) She's a woman who knows what she wants. Like I said, now we cannot celebrate her life without that magical, magical ride at the Las Vegas 2009, wasn't it? In the world cup when you retired her and you just brought the house down, didn't you? Well, that wasn't when I retired her. Oh, no, I mean, not, not when you retired her, but she did yeah. the 2000, I'm sorry, the two, yeah. two occasions yeah. here. And, of course, yes. uh, and, and when and you, played, was... you played to the crowd, <laughs> I remember, with your music from Aretha Franklin's Respect, which you will always be known for. Um, so, so there were two, yeah, two occasions, of course. But the, the, yeah. when, when you came down that center line, Debbie, I was there, and you know, the everybody there was <laughs> like, wow. And you played to it. You got just as you turned down that center line, you knew you'd got the crowd with you, didn't you, Mrs. McDonald? I did. I did. <laughs> you know, that was that was all I wanted to do at that point in our career because we had had a couple of times in Spain and even Athens that the mayor. Every, there were several people that felt that she should have had a medal there as an individual. Mm-hmm. And whether you did or didn't, didn't matter. But, you know, I, I'd had the Gershwin music, which I loved, Perry loved. But I needed something that was going to, like, kind of revive me and get me excited about doing this again. And um, I kind of thought, you know, it's not about what the judges want anymore for me. It's about, I want to entertain the public, and I've got a horse that I can do that on. Yes. And if I can do it tastefully, then it, maybe they'll reward it. You know, maybe they'll hate it, 
but you know what? I don't really care. It's in Perry <laughs> Thomas's arena. It's in Las Vegas. Um, what a better place to have fun. Yes, yes. That and, was, that was um, 2005, wasn't that? Five, yeah. Five, yeah. Yeah, it was. And, you know, it's, it was just one of those occasions that, you know, in my mind leading all the way up to this, the whole making of it with Perry Gallo and, and everything was a vision, a vision of exactly what happened. And it was kind of like a kid dreaming of, of being in the Olympics and standing on the podium. It was like I had a vision of coming down center line and everybody just being with me, you know, and just screaming and hollering and the mayor being able to take it. When I turned down center line and that was happening, it was like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, this really is happening. I can't believe it. You know, how often mm. does something play out like that that you plan so far ahead? Mm. Yeah. And it was like, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a goosebump moment. I mean, I could hardly hear the music because the, the crowd was so loud. <laughs> And, um, and it was, it was something that today, wherever I go, there's always somebody that says I was there. I'll never forget that. And it didn't even matter where I finished because I think that was a very memorable freestyle. And I will have my friends that call me and they'll be driving in their car and they'll put the, the phone up to the speaker and it's, Aretha Franklin, yes. and they said they're praying, they're playing your music, you're inventing <laughs> music. So it's you know, I mean, that's those are memories that you know will you know always be with you, and things that people can't take away. And um, I think those are the parts that just you know they live forever. Yes, they really are the highlights, aren't they? I mean, I was there, of course, like so many, in the Media Tribune. And, you know, normally we're very composed there because we're writing, you know, notes as we watch these tests. And I know I stopped what I was doing and it was like, it, it talk about a goosebump <laughs> moment. It really was a goosebump <laughs> moment. And, yeah, it's an emotional yeah, it, moment. It and I, there's not fun. a time that I, and I'm sure you do too, obviously, but there's not a time that I don't listen, don't hear Aretha Franklin's music come up and, and and think of you, and just think of you turning down that center line, just turning down that line, and your arm goes up, and I'm sure there's there's hundreds and thousands of people who will always remember that moment. How magic is that? I know it was very magical, and it's funny how then you know when you're when you're in that moment, you know you're just you're laughing and you're crying and you're everything, all these emotions, <laughs> and now um, you know I see Perry sitting in the lounge sometimes at 90 trying to to keep those memories and he'll be playing that in the lounge and it makes me almost cry talking about it. Uh, I can't even watch it because uh, it is it was so magical. Yeah. But it, it, it now that it's gone, you even appreciate it more. Oh, well, yes, and because it's such a strong memory and you'll always have that and and it was exactly. a, and it was an amazing relationship that you you continue to have with her too but and we've talked about this before, Debbie, and I remember in California, I came to do a film a piece with you uh, uh, do you remember yeah. and yeah. and I'll never forget watching you and thinking, gosh, what an amazing relationship you two have. You just, for, for a big mare and, you know, someone who's not as, not as tall as she is, um, 
to put it politely. I mean, you you know, you you had the disadvantage of having you know because she was ra- she's round, you know, yes. she's she's a woman of shape, as you said. <laughs> yes, very much so. But you just, I mean, and you would say to me, "What do you want to see, Chris? Do you want me to do a PR for us?" Whatever, whatever we wanted to do, you were so obliging. You were just really so gracious. And but, but the, the what was magic was that you would just turn that on whenever you wanted it. She said, "Okay, what do you want me to do, Mum?" Yeah, from a, just a long rain walk, just pick up the reins, and there it was. And there it was. <laughs> Talk about. Magic. And it's still today. I mean, I have to tell you about one more magical thing that just happened was um, in August, Perry, and it was actually on my birthday of all days to have. Um, Four men celebrated their 90th birthday here party in um, at River Grove, and it had been planned. Um, there used to be five of them, and every, since their 75th, they were celebrating every five years their their birthdays. And four of them have made it to 90, and they had about 700 people at the farm. And um, Perry would always watch me in the morning and he'd come and watch his horses and he'd watch me ride Brentina and he'd always chuckle and he goes, I think you ought to take her out of back into competition. She looks as good as any of those still today. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, yeah, Perry, you know, but she is a, you know, she is 20 and, you know, I don't think that's very smart and I'm just trying to play along with him. And, um, anyway, the, I'm thinking about this party in the back of my head and, and I don't, she's not really that fit. Um, and, and I don't really play any lateral stuff, but she loves to do her a little pee up massage and she loves to play with her tempties. And then I get up off my seat and we gallop a little. And I mean, it's just all fun. Mm. But I decided, I told everybody and I asked Jane if she thought it would be okay. Cause Perry was having Adrian and a, another couple of the clients just ride a little during cocktail hour. So I said, okay, Jane, this is what I want to do for Perry's party. I said, I really want to keep it a secret. But I said, I want to come out and do that freestyle one more time for Perry. And she goes, oh, my God, do you know how much that would mean to him? So I, um, I, <laughs> I, we kept it a secret, and the barn was open, and we had actually moved another it, nobody knew horses that well at the party. So we put a chestnut gilding in Brentina's stall because Reuben had braided her, and we didn't want Perry to notice that she was braided. So um, so we kept it hush-hush, and, um, and then after those last few riders came out of the ring, people started to move towards the indoor where the dinner was going to be served and the band and everybody... And, um, and, and Jane said, wait one minute, dad, there's a, there's a, we have a surprise for you. You're going to make and me cry now. You know, they that. started to play her music and oh. I came cantering in and I came massaging in, I'm sorry. And I halted and saluted and I thought this mare was going to jump out of her skin. She acted like she was six years old. I kept uh-huh. thinking in my mind, <clears throat> I'm going to take a walk break if I need it. Cause nobody will know. Mm-hmm. And I won't do, I won't do like, you know, big, I won't do tight pirouettes and I'll make the half passes a little less steep, whatever, whatever. There was no stopping that mare. And I mean it, it was, I was crying my eyes out during the ride because I couldn't believe this mare turned it on like for Perry. It was like everybody, the kids were all lined up on the berm outside the barn 
and they were laughing because she was like trying to almost, and when I went for pee off, she'd almost go, you know, almost a little squeal, like, oh my God, I'm so excited, and there's all these people here for me, you know, and at the end, I halted and saluted, and I didn't know exactly where Perry was sitting, and I looked, and I looked around, I said, where's Perry? And they pointed to Peggy and Perry sitting at a bench. And I looked at him and I said, happy birthday. I love you. And he was bawling his eyes out. And his son came up to me later. One of the sons that's not that fond of the horse program came up to me and he said, you know what? I just want to tell you one thing. He said, I've only really seen my father cry one time. And that was when his partner died. And he said, I saw my father cry, and he said, I think I understand his passion for this now. Oh, my goodness. But that mare was so amazing. One more time again, Mm -hmm. she just keeps giving and giving and giving. You know, it's just, she's just such a special horse. She is extraordinary. she, She is. And it was just, it was so much fun to be able to do that for him. And he said to me that evening, he said, that was the best birthday present anybody could have ever given me. (laughs) Did you have pictures? Do you have a little video and pictures of that? You know, I need to get, there was somebody that was doing the videoing for the party, and there's a couple of still pictures that you'll see me kind of, there's one laughing and then, probably one I'm crying and you know I yeah there are pictures I just you know I have to get a hold of them I've been gone so much I haven't been able to get all that in order but um but yeah I'd love to do a little scrapbook for Perry for Christmas or something now what about her biography she's been made into a briar horse model already now what about her her video her 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 biography how else are we going to remember from Idaho to Athens from Idaho to Athens, that, that video? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, well, she has, you know, she has a couple yearlings. Um, and uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, actually, today we're, we're having um, the little orphan foal. Um, he's, he looks absolutely fam- fabulous, but um, we're just waiting to see how he turns out because he's in a very gawky stage right now. <laughs> <laughs> but he literally, you can do anything you want with him. I mean, when I say anything, you can bring him in the barn, you can vacuum him, you can, but he's so sensitive to like fly spray. So I think maybe that's a great combination. Maybe he's going to be really sensitive, but really sensible. So I'm kind of, thinking that's the Kingston and then there's a Damsey full and he is absolutely just stunning. Um, and, but you know, it was just, it was a, you know, it's all just kind of a crapshoot, the breeding program anyway. And we got those two, we were never successful with a total as full and, um, anybody else that we tried to breed with. So that was kind of her little extra gift to us. And I think that was, all you know, and now it's to the point where um, I would never let her carry her own because knowing her mother's history, knowing now that the first foal, well, the second foal that was born, the mother had to be put down because he got stuck in the birth canal, um, and then the fact that she had colic surgery after I retired her, and she has nothing to prove. I 
I've stressed over that marriage, life, and, and, and well-being for so many years that knowing that she would have a baby would probably give me a total heart attack. I don't think I could survive it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that kind of stress at your time. Of life, I don't do need that kind of stress anymore. You know, I just love seeing her and I don't want her to be away from me. And as long as she's healthy, she will continue to go to California with me. And she has a pasture there and I will continue to ride her as long as she is sound and enjoying it. And I think that's what keeps her going. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, what a wonderful story. You can tell her that she has a radio uh, episode on the Dressage Radio <laughs> Show dedicated to her. <laughs> I will, I will, and she will, I know, very much appreciate that people still think about her. <laughs> they, they do, absolutely. Well, wonderful to hear you uh, take us down memory lane, Debbie, and uh, recount what a wonderful partnership that was. Truly belongs in our great partnership series. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having us. We enjoyed it. And uh, you'll come back and see us again soon, I hope. Absolutely. We'll, you we'll, know, you just give me a call. We'll have you back on and we'll be talking about training issues and all kinds of things. A lot happening in the sport now as we lead up to a, a, an Olympic year. Will you be heading over to the Olympics? Do you think, you know, we're not talk, We're not going to talk anybody up right now. We don't want to spook anybody. Yeah. But would you be um, going anyway? Um, I probably will not go anyway, just because, it, I mean, un- unless something happens. Otherwise, um, it's just, you know, it's just going to be too expensive, bottom line. Yes. You know, and they have it spread out so much that it's even more expensive. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll just wait and see what happens. But um, my plan, no, I do not plan on going but I will watch it very closely. And just remind everybody that you do keep busy with your role with the U.S. Equestrian Federation now, don't you? You're traveling the country. I definitely am staying very busy with that, and um, we're having a little bit new of a program this year as far as I'm actually doing, at the end of the year, a week-long camp in October for the East and the West Coast. So I'm very excited about that, and I'm going to be offering several different things that are going on in that, during that week. So I'm pretty excited about it. And I think that, you know, hopefully can grow into be more time and then maybe some Europe time eventually. And, you know, we'll see. Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll keep in touch, Debbie. Come back on the show anytime and uh, stay sound yourself and uh, uh, have a wonderful Thank Thanksgiving. You. Enjoy. Oh. Enjoy Thanksgiving. And, of course, getting to the sunshine of California. We'll no doubt pick up with you when you get there. Thank you very much. Thanks and thank you, all, your, all the listeners that listen to our radio show. Thanks a lot, Debbie. Okay, bye-bye. Well, that's our show for this week. Don't forget to check out our show notes at dressageradio.com. Follow us on Facebook, if you will. Leave your comments there and also on Twitter at Horse Radio or Chris E. Stafford. You can check out all our offers, too, on our website at dressageradio.com. You can also send me an email to chris at horseradionetwork.com if you are are or would like to be a young reporter under 20 years of age to report on your show from anywhere in the world. Don't forget, if you've got any more ideas about great partnerships, you can send me an email to and let me know who you would like us to have on the show. And you, Or you could post those on our Facebook page, of course, as well. Don't forget also to check out the Equestrian Legends show at equestrianlegends.com. 
where I talk to horsemen and women from around the world and around the horse sports and disciplines. So uh, do catch up with me there at equestrianlegends.com. And, of course, don't forget to check out Horse World Gives Back campaign. We do have a website there, horseworldgivesback.com, where we support people in need in the horse world. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Again, my thanks to Debbie McDonald, to our sponsors, Equestrian Collections, for making this show possible. I will be back at the same time, same place next week. So until then, thank you all for listening.